Why are men and boys struggling? And what should we do about it? In a world of chaos and our attention is being pulled in different directions, the Pursuing Truth podcast is seeking the solution by having authentic conversations that are aimed to impact culture. What's up, everybody? I am Levi Brickley, your host with the Pursuing Truth podcast. This is another episode of the Real Talk radio show where I get to have a guest come on. We just get to have a conversation, see where the conversation takes us. I think that it's extremely important to have those authentic conversations. So that's the goal here. This is actually a live podcast. We are live streaming on TikTok right now. And this is going to be uploaded to YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Please leave an Apple Podcast, Spotify rating, and review on Apple Podcasts. So let's get going, man. It's been a while since you've been on the podcast. Yes, it has. Yeah. It's been a long time. What have you been up to? Where you been? Been working. Yeah. <laughs> What's that like? Working at home. Well, as long as I got money flow coming in, I'm all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah talking about money. <laughs> but um, so what we really want to talk about on today's podcast is cultivating positivity, how to live a more fulfilling life, because I think that. This is something that all of us want to grow on is is being more fulfilled in, in the way that we choose to live our life. Um, everybody on TikTok, real quick, uh, if you comment, we do have my buddy Colby in the back, and he will ask the questions. So we will be keeping track of the comments and questions that you guys have. So if you have any in the midst of the conversation, go ahead and pose it, and we'll get into it. Well, my perspective of cultivating positivity is, is that oftentimes we get so caught up into what the hardships of life are, right? Like life is not meant to be easy. And there's this perspective that life is supposed to be sunflowers, rainbows, butterflies, and unicorns. And the reality is, is that you and I both know that life is not that way. Life American is dream. Yeah. <laughs> life is, is the midst of, of, of the challenge, you know? And um, I'll, I'll give you an example. So, and you know this story, but over the last few years, I've really had to struggle through a lot of things. And, um, and one of those things was like, what's, what's singleness like? You know, I never had to in my adult life deal with myself on a intimate, lonely level. And in the midst of that, I had to start asking myself questions. You know, why do I feel this way? Why do I think the way I do? And as I dig into those questions about each specific specific topic, why doesn't a woman want me? Why, why is my life not going the way that I envisioned that it would go when I was 19 years old? How do I need to change? And I think that through that is how you cultivate positivity because po positivity is found through purpose, you know? Have you found that in some degree, I guess? Honestly, here recently, there was a time that I was going through a depressed state and everything, and luckily I've got out of that, and I started reading my Bible and everything, and honestly, here recently, I have not felt depressed, anything. I haven't gone to bed and beat myself up and at night or anything. Yeah, and you used to struggle with like being able to fall asleep. I, uh, I used to have to take melatonin every night, NyQuil just to fall asleep at night. And, and you would be up to like four in the morning 
knowing that you had to be at work at, at work eight. At, yeah, yep. So what what was it that kind of um, maybe started bringing you out of that? Was it just time or what was it? Honestly, I, I don't even know what got me out of it, but I guess just shutting down my thoughts. I've learned uh, that kind of like self-control of whenever I'm in, laying in bed, not to be thinking about negative thoughts. Dude, self-control and is important. It's like a little war that goes in your mind too. And it's weird to put it in that perspective. But whenever you're laying in bed and you're trying not to have negative thoughts, you're basically fighting your mind to shut those down. And once you learn how to do that, man, I could sleep. As soon as I lay my head down, it's You can done. fall asleep. Yep. Dude, I, I think for me, I, I struggle with falling asleep sometimes too. And I think my struggle with falling asleep oftentimes is a result because like, especially with like social media content creation and, and everything that I've been able to do throughout the platform throughout the last year and a half, two years is like, dude, if I wake up at three in the morning and I have an idea, I can't go to sleep until I fulfill that idea. <laughs> and it's, it's dude, it's tough. And so like, I'll, I'll wake up, dude, I'm in my boxers. I'm like jotting down some notes, you know, I'm sitting in the studio and I'm just like, Throw on a shirt, some pants, you know, <laughs> click record and go. Dude, the mind is a very, very powerful thing. I mean. It is. And that's the reason why that conversation within yourself is so important. You know, you talk about self-control. How do you develop the self-control? Mine, mine was self-taught. Like, I had to. It wasn't even planned for me. Yeah. Honestly. Um, there for a while, I wasn't over my ex. And I was battling those thoughts every night and everything and that slowed down my sleep tremendously. And then I just started and it sounds crazy and like I, words can't even explain it, but I started reading my Bible yeah, every night before bed and everything. And I mean, ever since that I've started reading the Bible more and more, mm -hmm. I haven't had those negative thoughts in my mind can you can you think of one like perspective from the bible that you draw from that um kind of pulled you out then i mean like is there is there like one specific thing like maybe it's it's what paul was going through because I, I know for me it's like paul writes that through suffering builds our character you mm -hmm. know it makes me a better person is there like something specific to you my favorite person from the bible is joseph Mm -hmm. And it teaches you about like integrity and how he went from getting sold to becoming the king. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what is integrity? It's stuff that you do whenever nobody else is watching. It's who you are. Exactly. At the basis of who you are. It doesn't matter if anybody's looking. You're the same exact person that you show to somebody else. The things that you say, you live up to. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of our culture. You know, we're, we're so taught on empathy and compassion, but we're not taught on the importance of honesty. Honesty truly pulls you out. And I think that that is cultivating the, the positivity is because when you're positive with yourself, when you're positive with the negative thoughts that you have, and what I mean by that is pulling positive from the negative. For instance, like losing my dad, the question always is in myself is like, well, you know, what kind of man am I going to be? You know, and if I ask myself that question, I could either choose to be my dad 
where I could choose to be this man, this image that I made in my mind. And there is no there is no need for somebody to tell me that I want to be that man because I am choosing internally to be that man. So I live out by my actions what I say to myself. That internal conversation is so powerful. But that goes back to kind of like what you said, the power of the mind, you know? And um, I, I, I do I stand by that. Yeah, and then mine can play tricks on you. So whenever you said, whenever you just mentioned that you lost your dad and everything, a lot of people, whenever they go through hard times like that, you can see it as, oh, this is all God's fault, life's done, all this stuff. Or you could take it as a lesson. I'm not saying. Well, no, that's what it was, but, though. Mm-hmm. Right? And it just depends on what you make of it. Right. Like, you got you to gotta take that experience and you harness that. Like, you literally, you literally... What I mean by harness is you hold on to it like a newspaper and you're reading into it. And a lot of people could say, well, that, that just leads me like the, obviously there's some trauma there with my dad being an alcoholic, you know, that just leads me down the re-exposure to my trauma. And I'm no psychologist or anything, but I know this, that when you're in a counseling session and the psychologist is always going to ask you questions about the trauma. Well, you can be having that conversation within yourself as well. Like you can be asking yourself about the trauma. Why do I feel the way I do? Why do I think the way I do? If, if you're unable to do that, you're oftentimes going to have a hard time re-exposing yourself to it because it is, it is that, oh my God, like it just came back up. But if, if you accept it for what it is and you're like, you know, although my dad was that way, this is who I choose to be today. Because I'm reading that, that, that newspaper. I'm reading into it on every facet. Like what, what made my dad the way he was? Was it because the way my grandparents treated him? Was it because he was playing guitar in bars at 12 years old and exposed to the environment? Was it because he saw things that weren't necessarily, and I don't want to get into exactly what those things were of things that he saw as a child, but what, what led him down that path? And then also what led him down the path of acceptance of those actions. And what was it in him that then he wasn't like, well, now I have two girls and two boys. What made him not want to change? All of those questions, I have, to, I have to have that internal conversation within myself. Because if I have that internal conversation in myself, then at least I understand. And I, I have some empathy and I have some compassion for my dad. Because I understand the reason why. Seeing the reason why is the solution. Whenever I like get behind the microphone and I do like podcasts or whatever, like that's always what I'm trying to find. Why? 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 I mean, you saw in, in the beginning You're of the conversation. Yeah, because I, I think that our, our examination of things is often so missed. Um, you, you want to, to find that. You want to be motivated. You want to be determined in your life. It starts by understanding those things, and then through that, you also cultivate purpose. Because once you, once you understand purpose, you understand, wow, you know, all of these things, yeah, they, they don't hold me back no more. All of the hardship that I faced, it's truly a blessing for me because it's built my character. In the midst of my suffering, wow, you know, it was a war. But you know what? I learned how to fight. 
because I learned how to fight, man, I know how to pick up my sword for the next war that I'm going to fight. Also, without any problems, there's not really a testimony either. Yeah, and that's what it is, dude. There's so much power in testimony. Uh, what's your personal testimony, man? Like, what? how did you grow up? Like, what? what was it, man? What brought you to Christ? So, growing up, my dad is a firm believer in Christ, and I don't know why it's breaking out. But, so we always had to go to church on the weekends and everything. And whenever I was little, of course, I didn't understand it. Yeah. I was sitting there like, oh, this is pointless. Because mm-hmm. I, I was a kid, and I'm like, I just don't understand it. And going to church was fun and all. But as I got older, and I think, and this is crazy, but I feel fear has driven me more to the Bible. So we'll take this opportunity to say, hey, ask us some questions. Is there a question up there, Colby? Don't have a whole lot yet. I got, uh, will you sing at all? <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of funny. Um, everybody on the Pursuing Truth podcast, because obviously I have a different listenership, clientele, I guess, for, for the way that I operate my social medias. Um, of course, here on TikTok, oftentimes you guys catch me singing. That is not what I am honestly about. It is about developing relationships with you guys. And through that, I believe that music is a way to harness relationship because all of us can relate in music because all of us just feel that, you know, rhythm. We all feel those lyrics that we all relate to. And so like for me, yeah, exactly. And so like TikTok has been like a way for me to expose new people to what my, what my purpose is. And, and, and I feel that my purpose is behind this microphone. You know, there, there's truly nothing in my life that, that offers me more satisfaction. Dude, sex, it's not as good as this. You know why? Because I don't love her. Right? <laughs> but you love this. <laughs> but I love this. You know, <laughs> like, like, like seriously, man. Um, you know, in the midst of hookup culture, you're having sex with people that don't really mean much to you. Right. Like some people like, you don't even know. And that's greasy, <laughs> greasy. And I like that <laughs> term. It is greasy. It's what man. Colby always says. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Decent. <laughs> yeah. Ew, dude. It, and it is, it's, it's nasty. You know, actually talking about podcasting and relating to hookup culture, man. Um, I had a friend that sent me a link to this podcast. I, I think it's called the good girl podcast. Yeah. Shout out to the good girl podcast. You're about to hear it from me. She opened it up and I quote, okay, this is nothing that I stand by. And I quote from the good girl podcast. I hope y'all are getting some dick. That's how she opened up the podcast. And my question inside myself is like, is this really what we accept in culture? You know, I went and looked it all up, you know, that's how that, that was the intro. That was the intro. I hope you guys are getting some dick. I guess to some people, I mean, that grabs your attention. I mean, sex sells, dude. <laughs> it, I mean, absolutely, it does sell. But who are we? Uh, going back to integrity, who are we? If we're talking smack on, on hookup culture, who are we to get down about hookup culture? Like, who are we to do that? When we accept listening to musicians that talk about it, we we accept podcasts that talk about it. Like, honestly, I believe somebody should be ashamed for talking like that. Well, I feel like whenever you just asked about who are we, if you're wanting to talk crap about it and then you go and listen to it, 
Jesus says it. You're a hypocrite. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and then my question, too. I mean, being a person that has been involved in hookup culture, are you truly happy? Are you truly happy going out and slinging dick? Whenever, okay, so <laughs> we've been a part of it. Yeah. It, you just don't feel, it doesn't justify anything. Like It's numbing. Yeah. And it definitely does not help anything. Yeah. It makes it worse, honestly. Because then you realize, man, she don't give a hell about me. Just be like all my other girlfriends. <laughs> yeah, and then and then honestly, she she <laughs> she don't give a hell about me, but also I don't give a hell about her and like everything we just did together. Although it was enjoyable temporarily because we all like sexual satisfaction. Let's not lie to ourselves, okay? We all enjoy it, but at the end of the day, we're not happy with it. And and I I remember oftentimes, man. I say oftentimes like I was a man whore, <laughs> but, <Well>. but <laughs> yeah, but, but truly, man, I, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, the fuck was all that for? Dude, really? And it makes you feel worse. It makes you feel hypocritical. Yeah. Because then, you start thinking about it. And then there's this other side to it, right? Where you're like, like you had the 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 gratification and the confidence to to get down and dirty, you know. <laughs> but then when you wake up in the morning and you're like, "Man, all of that was meaningless. It had no purpose. She doesn't mean anything to me." Now, guess what? When I got to talk to her the next day, I feel guilty. Like, how do I break it to her that hey, I I don't feel good about what happened last night? You know, how do you break that down? You don't let it happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly you're like nope i'm that, not, i'm not doing that that's something that some people like we have in the past you learn from it yeah that's one of the many things <laughs> yeah um man uh yeah yeah i got a couple more good ones here all right let's go let's hear them first one that popped up was what moment in your life did you find clarity and the second i think is really awesome how do i know which path god wants me to take Ooh, good. You wanna you wanna open up about clarity, or do you want me to? You got it. Where I found clarity was in my depression. I mean, truly, D- depression brings me clarity because uh, I gotta ask myself again, coming back to that why. I feel that. <laughs> like it, it's literally that simple. Like everybody's running away from it, but expose yourself to it. I'm not saying like enjoy being depressed. I'm not saying that. It's good to recognize, like, your negatives, like your flaws and everything. And once you start recognizing them, then you know how to fix them. Yeah. And then once you fix them, it's right. I mean, that's, like, one thing I always say is, like, you uh, you want to be the better version of you. Every time you walk past something that you see that needs to be done, ask yourself, what would the better Levi do? What would the better Ryan do? You know why? Because then you feel guilty walking away from it because you just dishonored yourself. Mm-hmm. Asking yourself that question is deep. Internal questioning, man. And I stand by that. It's like, to me, 
and I've noticed it more since I've been reading the Bible more and more and more. But anytime that I sin, it's on my conscience a lot more than it used to be. Yeah. Like just anything, anything to do with sin. Hmm. It just like constantly in my mind that, hey, I did this and like I, I was aware of it. Yeah, the guilty conscience. All right, what was the second question? It was, how do I know which path God wants me to take? So, you just have to have faith in God. Read the word. Pray to him. Praying is a huge, huge way, and thank God he gave it to us. But the only way to get to God whenever you pray, Mm -hmm. and I'm kind of going off a different, but you have to pray in the name of Jesus because you can't get to God unless you go through Jesus, and it talks about that in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, as long as you have full faith in God and you trust in him, he's all you need. And it says that. And Well, and, and this is what I would challenge anybody to do, is I would challenge you to examine yourself and ask yourself, what are you truly passionate about? Like me, I, I'm passionate about this, right? So when I wake up in the morning, I'm not like begrudging to get behind the microphone or set things up. I'm like... Let's go. I'm happy about it, you know, so be, be, because I've examined that within myself. So, like, you find what you're passionate about. I've always been passionate about, like, deep, meaningful things. I've never been one that enjoyed fictional books. I've never been one that really enjoyed even the Avengers and Marvel and, and even video games. I enjoy reality, nonfiction. And what does that say to me? I, I say within myself, I'm like, well, you know, I love impacting people's lives. And it's not that I'm more virtuous because of that. It's just because I've examined that within myself. Obviously, I care about the nonfiction things, the realness of life. And so I talk about it because I'm passionate about it. So I would challenge anybody that has that question that wants to cultivate some type of um, meaning and purpose in their life that God has for them. Begin asking yourself, what did God implant in my heart that I'm truly desirable about, that I truly am driven to do? It could be music. I mean, you look at Zach Bryan, right? We can get on the conversation with Zach Bryan. Zach Bryan's just this, like, you know, 21-year-old guy in the Navy, and he's just in the barracks, and he's around all of his guys, and he's just playing music. A few of them are like, man, you got to start uploading this stuff. Like, this is great. And so he, he would upload it to Twitter, and on Twitter he maybe get, like, <laughs> like Not maybe many. three, four hundred <laughs> views, maybe, and get like sixteen likes, you know, and, and that that can be demeaning because inside of you, because you're like, well, everybody's telling me this is what I should do, but it's not being reciprocated out into the world. Nobody's actually attached to what I truly feel passionate about. But what he chose to do was continue to go down that path, and th- in the midst of him continuing to go down that path, boom! Look at him now; he's selling out arenas because you got to stick with it no matter what. I mean, I mean, look look at this new tour that's coming out in 2023, right? This new tour that's coming out is set up like a lottery. You put your bid in. Everybody buys the same price of ticket, and then it chooses what seat that you're going to be in. He's going to play, is it just one show or two shows at Interest Bank in Wichita? He's just playing one. Well, Garth Brooks kind of did the same thing here. But well, regardless. Taylor Swift did the same thing on... Ticketmaster, I think it was. It was one of those ticket websites. And it got sold out before anybody could get to it. And some controversy came up out of it because 
Um, it was, they said that it wasn't going to be sold out on Ticketmaster. Then it got sold out on Ticketmaster. And so it started up a, a huge uproar. So I'm going to guess with more and more artists doing that, the more and more problems they're going to have selling tickets and everything. Yeah. I, uh, but I, I think, I think the thing to pull away from that conversation is like, you want to do something like you're passionate about it. You're pa- Zach Bryan's passionate about the music. If you're passionate about it, continue doing it. Uh, you know how discouraging it's been. You've seen how discouraged I've been in the past. I upload a, a podcast and I get like 13 lessons. Oh yeah. Especially in the beginning. I'm like, Espe- yeah, I was about to say, especially whenever you first started. And yeah. Like, I'm not dude. that way no more. Yeah. But that's been a year and a half, dude. That's 70 hours behind the microphone at minimum. That's 200 videos on TikTok. You want to talk about filling your purpose? Find what you're passionate about and keep going down that path. Don't give up. When it's not being reciprocated, don't give up. Understand the reason why you're doing it. Because I love it. Period. It doesn't matter if people like it. It doesn't matter if people enjoy it. Yeah, you want to see that because naturally all of us want some type of validation in what we're truly passionate about. We want to feel and know that there's something that's good for us, right? But at the end of the day, I'm I'm continuing. You know? Is there another one, Colby? We do have a couple more that popped up. Uh, we can start with this one. Do you consider being a Christian even though you don't go to church, don't pray, don't read the Bible? No, I, 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 I don't. I, I think that the Christian term is thrown around loosely. Um, going to church, that's not necessarily of high importance there's value in going to church right the value of going to church is that you get to worship god with fellow believers and develop relationships but about prayer why are you not involved in prayer if you say that you're a christian it's about having a personal relationship with jesus christ like i said christian term is thrown around loosely satan knows that jesus is real but he chooses to deceive you and keep you on a path that says the lie. He's selling you the lie. Evolution. He's selling you the lie of, you know, all of these bad things that happened to me are because Jesus allowed things to happen to me. Um, what I'm saying is, is that Satan knows that Jesus is real. So just because you know that Jesus is real doesn't mean that you are, quote unquote, a Christian. And, and about being a Christian is about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Digging into his word. Praying. And you know what? Through that, you're like, man, I want, I want some like-minded people in my life. So you go to church. That's where you find them. And guess what you develop from that? People that hold you accountable. People that make you a responsible person that says, hey, Levi, you know... I've seen that lately you've been sleeping around with a bunch of girls. Why are you doing that, man? You know that's not honoring to God. And, I, and what, what, what I'm saying is, and this is one thing that I talk about oftentimes, is effective communication, right? Like, that is a very intimate relationship that I have with a mentor that would have that conversation with me. That's not Joe Blow down the street coming up to me and being like, I've seen all these girls come in and out of your house. This is somebody that I've developed a very strong relationship with that not only respects me, but I respect him it's and not his coming opinion. Out of like judgment, it's coming out of concern, concern. And accountability. 
Exactly. You have anything to add to that? So going to church and everything, I mean, do it. But if just by going to church does not determine if you're a Christian or not. Whenever it comes to praying, Jesus wants to have a intimate relationship with you. And whenever I say intimate, I'm not talking sex and everything like that that most people would think about whenever you say intimate. But he wants you to know him, and he wants to know you. Like, he loves you, and he wants all of your attention. Mm. And you have to be obedient. And if you're not praying, if you're not, we'll say, going to church, if you're not reading his word, how are you getting to know him? And another thing a hypocrite does is say that he's a Christian but doesn't live by it. Mm -hmm. So in my opinion, no. Yeah. You can't be a Christian if you don't put in any effort into it. Yeah, because relationships are reciprocal, right? Yep. Like imagine if I said, oh, yeah, I'm Ryan's friend. But every time I call Ryan, he don't call me back. <laughs> well, you'd be like all my friends. <laughs> <laughs> every time I call Ryan, he don't call me back. Guess what that means? That Ryan don't want to have a relationship with me. If God's calling you to prayer and you're choosing not to reciprocate in prayer, do you have a relationship with him? No, you don't. You're, you're choosing not to. You feel the calling to do it. Right, you you feel in your conscience that I need to get more involved in my relationship with Jesus, but I'm not willing to reciprocate that relationship to Him. So then the next question would be, well, how do you know that Jesus loves you? Because you said Jesus loves you. What does that mean? What does it mean that Jesus loves me? Who is this fairy god in the sky that loves me? I mean, that's an atheist question, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what I would say to you is that Jesus came here; He died for your sins. Everything that makes you imperfect, all of your falsehood that you live in, all of the lies that you tell yourself, all of the lies that you tell your friends and family, all of your personal inadequacies in your life is what makes you an infinite human. You are not perfect, and none of us can be perfect, and we all know that, and we can all relate with it. So, but... What's fascinating about it is that there's an ultimate desire for perfection, right? We all want to be better to some degree. Even an atheist will claim, hey, I want to live a high standard moral life, and I don't need Jesus to live a high moral standard life. Well, what morals are you basing it off of? Your internal morals that you've chose? So you're living based off of your own imperfect perspective of the world, and you're saying, well, I have morals figured out. I have my morals figured out. See, so there's, then there's this need for perfection, right? Because once you see that, well, I live in this. I don't know what that was. But I, I want to continue going down this. But I know that I live in this um, falsehood in my mind. I know that I'm not perfect. So my desire is for perfection. So then I'm like, well, there's got to be a higher being, right? Well, if there's a higher being... Who's the higher being? Is it Allah? Is it Buddha? See, there was only one God that came here and he lived with the same temptations that you have. All of the lies swarming around him, all of the persecution, all of the suffering. He's the only God that came here 
and chose to die living the same life that you lived the most brutal way possible on a cross, hung up by his hands. You know how Jesus died? Jesus didn't die from bleeding out. Jesus died from his hands being hung on the cross. And because of his hands being hung on his cross for an extended amount of time, it depleted the oxygen that was allowed to be in his lungs. So he couldn't get the oxygen into his blood to continue living. Well, and with the whip, with the razor, sharp at the end of it. Yeah. It was tearing off his skin too. Yeah. And so I, I knew it wasn't from bleeding to death, but it cut off some of his oxygen levels too. And then once he died, he gets put in a tomb. And three days later, he arises again. He ascends to heaven. And you know what? Judas that sold him out, his disciple, a close disciple, sold him for 30 pieces of silver. And at the end of the day, that also says, you know, who are your friends? Right? Now it's like, will your friends betray you? Your friends could betray you. Do you know what one of his last words on earth was? What's that? Forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they've done. Exactly. Because we're deceiving ourselves, right? We're, and what I mean by us deceiving ourselves is we have this perspective of the world. That's, that's what it is right there, is that I can establish my own moral standard, and I don't need something that has not only claimed to be perfect, but has shown to be perfect throughout time. So then, uh, if we're on that topic, then, then, then the next question would be, well, why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? An innocent 13-year-old girl, why did he allow her to get raped? He didn't. Here's the thing, man. It's freedom of will, right? Like, I, I look at this world as we're living in a battleground, right? Like, take the Roman Colosseum, for instance. You have a man that has done bad things in his life and he, maybe he stole something. And so um, Roman culture would often throw the criminals or the uh, poor into this Colosseum to fight a lion, right? Well, that lion is Satan. The hope for life is God, right? Because that's what we want, eternal life, right? That's what it truly is. And so, because this man wants life, he's going to fight for his life. But the lion is also in that coliseum, in the arena. Everybody's cheering him on. Yeah, yeah, because we like the excitement of sports. Tomorrow's the Super Bowl. We all like excitement of sports. And so, everybody around is like, we don't care what happens to that guy in there. There is no empathy. There is no compassion for him. Who cares about him? Well, that's you in this world. People care about you. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of people walk past you each day, won't even say hi to you. Maybe don't even have the internal confidence within themselves to make eye contact with you. Because to some degree, maybe that's intimidating for them. Because they're also imperfect, and I'm imperfect too. So I'm fighting for my life in this arena. And that's exactly what the good versus evil war is. This lion and me. And everything else around me is just noise. But I know who I got to face because he's down here with me in the dirt. And so I have to choose, right? Here, here's, here's the awesome thing. And I think that this is, this is truly what grace is, right? So God's like, yeah, you stole something. 
yeah, you're, you're going to die against this lion. You have no chance. What, what, what do you have? What are, as a human being, you think that you can live against a, a lion that, that, that wants to rip off your head and eat you? No, you're not going to survive because you weren't given the tools to equip yourself to fight that battle. Spiritual warfare. Exactly. So you need a tool, right? So that's where Jesus comes in. Jesus is that tool. It's a reliance on him. Complete, complete supplication to him. Full submission. Saying, God, you know what? I'm depressed today. You know what, God? Today, I'm in debt. God, today, I feel alone. Giving it all to God. And saying, you know what? Here's the thing, man. And, 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 and relate this to a real-life story with me. Is that story me, like, you know, I, and I can talk about it finally. But being in law enforcement for five years, man, I, I experienced some very difficult calls. And while I experienced those difficult calls, there was, uh, there was one that, that really stuck out to me. But it was following another call that was really bad. Guy got shot. And it was justified. It was, it was fine. Everything, everything was fine, but it was very traumatic for me. I'd never experienced anything like that. And just this, this white boy from southeastern Kansas, you know, living, you know, I've had, a, I've had a pretty sheltered life. You know, I've always, all of us in America, for the most part, have had the opportunity to have clean drinking water and, you know, have food on the table and have the opportunity for education and our freedoms and all those things. You know, we've all had that. And so I've, I've lived this kind of sheltered life and you see these things on, on TV, you know, this guy, he ends up, you know, uh, I, I, I see, I see the gunshot wound, you know, shoot, man, kind of messed me up. But the following week I go to a suicidal call and man, I'm at the door. I knock on the door. Boom. I hear the gunshot. I walk in, dude, matrix is playing on the TV and all the little numbers falling the 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 theme song playing in the background i look down at the bed wife is calling him i look over at him there's nothing above his nose and what i found in that man i I don't i don't i don't want my mom to find me like that i'm depressed life sucks it's hard i don't want my mom to find me like that i don't want none of my friends to see me that way so it changed my life so I started praying about it. God, lead me, lead me, lead me somewhere. Give, give me down a path that gives me some meaning to get me out of this depression, anxiety, whatever it is. Get me out of here. I don't want to feel this no more. And uh, I went to Barnes and Noble. I sat out in the parking lot for like 20 minutes praying like, God, hey, lead me to a book. Come on. I, I need a book. You know, I need something that's going to wake me up, wake me up. And um, I go in, I, I buy 48 Laws of Power. By a devotional, up above 48 Laws of Power is a book called Ego is the Enemy. Well, that's a really fascinating title. I open it up, start reading through it. Marcus Aurelius, Epictetus, all these ancient philosophers. So I know my approach to this is like, well, obviously this is a secular book. This isn't a Christian book, but there were some Christian aspects within the book. And I'm like, well, with that title being so fascinating and these really motivating um, you know, quotes from these guys. I was like, I'm gonna pick this one out. Mind you, I never read a chapter book in my life. I'm not a reader. You know, I don't enjoy reading, never have. And uh, 
I read that book in about two weeks. Near the end of those two weeks, I was, I was on I, uh, like the second to last chapter. And I just had this feeling, you know, hey, dude, I, I need to go out and uh, I need to build myself a little fire and spend some time with God. Finish up this book. So I took my Bible. I took Ego as the Enemy. And I, I loaded up a backpack with the supplies just alone. It's 8 in the morning, middle of January. Cold as hell. I mean, And cool. that's whenever you had COVID too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm sick. I'm cold as hell, dude. Water's froze over. It's that freaking cold. Okay, <laughs> I remember seeing you uh, post on your story that day out of the lake, and I knew you had COVID. And I'm like, dude, this dude's crazy. And it was posted at like seven thirty eight a.m. I'm like, no, yeah, <laughs> heck no. <laughs> and I just verbalized to God, you know, I'm like, God, 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 I need, I need, like, thank you for showing me this. Thank you for showing me ego as the enemy. But I, I I need purpose. I need meaning. I, I I need to I need to know that I am going down the path that you want me to go down. And what's fascinating about it is, and and I and I hate it. And you know I hate it. I talk about it all the time. It's the most meaningless post I've ever made on TikTok. Oh my gosh! I went on three dates this week. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. the one that blew up too. Yeah. Within three days, man, it had 600,000 views, 40,000 likes. I had 18,000 followers. I went from 60 to eight, 60 followers to 18,000 followers in three days. Just insane. <laughs> Is that, you know, then the question within yourself, man, I just read that I just finished up Ego as the Enemy. I can't get egotistical here. I got 18,000 followers. You know, remember we, we walked into and the bar. Isn't it crazy? Yeah, go ahead. That you read Ego is the Enemy and everything that book was about and everything. And then you blow up and it kind of like gave you a little bit of words to like humble yourself. So that way you're prepared. To, yeah. Isn't that crazy? God works in mysterious ways. And I honestly believe that with all my heart. And that is a perfect example of God working in mysterious ways. And obviously, there's been times where I struggle with that, too. You know, we walk into a bar in this town where there's just people that don't support me. And I'm just like, screw you. I got now 33,000 followers on TikTok. Who are you? I got three times as many people that live in this town that follow me on TikTok. So you go right there. You know, keep that shit in check. Right? Mm -hmm. This is a blessing. And I'm going to utilize it for God's purpose, period. And I have to focus on that because it's not about me. It's about everybody else. And that's why when I wake up in the morning, man, it's not, it's not about me to set all this up and look cool. It's truly not. I want you to see the war. I want you to see that lion in front of you. And I want you to know that it's there to devour you. It's here to kill, steal, and destroy. And you have to make a choice to pick up the sword of the Holy Spirit. Go to war with it. And the only way you get that is through your acceptance of Jesus Christ. It's the only way. I wonder how long we've been on. I don't know. I've enjoyed this, though. Yeah? You've had a good time? I'm, I'm glad that you're good at articulating. <laughs> I'm terrible. Well... You know, it's kind of like what I told you, man. Uh, you, you know, obviously, dude, this is the first time you've been on a podcast with me in seven months. So just be real with me, man. What do you think? Compared from the last time that I was on your show yeah. to this time, 
with every your new setup, everything. I like where things are going for you. And it, it was a lot easier doing this way because before we were on those little bar stools, so it was yeah. uncomfy, my butt hurt, my back hurt. Now yeah. now you got these babies. Yeah. I like well, I, I, I think um I think for me the way I look at it is the last time that we did a podcast together, um I I was coming out of the the I, I would say that was truly the final stage of the hard place that I was in. And at that time, honestly, you and I were both very depressed at, at those times. So this time it wasn't, we're not talking about being depressed. We're talking about the complete opposite. Yeah. <laughs> and it's crazy. Yeah. Because if you would have asked me back then, hey, in a few months, you guys are going to be doing a podcast about like positivity, Jesus and everything. I'm, I'd look at you and go. I don't know if I can make it out of this little rut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we made it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we we sure did. Um I think I think the biggest growth for me though is, is the ability to communicate things. Um obviously you're not articulating things very much and so that like, is something God gifted you with was being able to articulate your words. Yeah, but I haven't I, I haven't always been able to do that in such an effective manner. You know, like you want to talk about but to to top it off and to close this up, I, I think is a good way. When when you talk about positivity, positivity is going through those hardships. Right? Like I didn't feel reciprocated in the podcast. I didn't feel like things were going well, but I continued to go down it and through that I practice. Practice, practice, practice. And practice, contrary to popular belief. Practice doesn't make perfect because you're still in finite to the infinite. <laughs> so so the, the point of that is you can always get better. I can get better today. You can get better tomorrow. So you have to make that choice. Maintain a positive mindset that's conducive on what your internal values are, what's in your heart, what you're truly passionate about. Through that is your purpose and your meaning. With that being said, guys, thank you so much for joining in on TikTok. Thank you for the few questions that we got there. And everybody on YouTube, please make sure that you subscribe to the channel. You give us a follow on Spotify. Leave an Apple podcast rating and review and a rating on Spotify. With that being said, you guys have a great rest of your week and God bless.